you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi everyone, Joe here. And Lucy, welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. If you are a long-time listener, welcome back and thank you so much for tuning into our show. We love that you choose to spend your time with us. And if you're new, welcome. We use this podcast to have conversations about all things that affect professional women who are juggling careers and family. From flexible work to tips for parenting, we have got your back. So if you want to talk about these things and not just listen in, then come and have a conversation with us in our Facebook group. It's called The Juggle Community and you can find it at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash The Juggle Community. Now, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I have been failing at life. No, that's, that's a bit, that's a bit <laughs> extreme. It's, I've been creating life and as a result, <laughs> that, that's nicer, yeah? That's much and, nicer. As a, <laughs> and as a result, I feel like I have also been failing at life. Yeah. <laughs> I've been really struggling with my pregnancy. So today's topic was inspired by me. We're going to be talking today about how to cope with pregnancy at work. It's not always the easiest thing. I was fortunate to have three pregnancies and three children and each one was different. But the first time around, it was swollen ankles and feet. By the end of a working day, even if I wasn't standing up a lot of the day, they would just be so swollen. And I would look at my feet and just think, where did they come from? (laughs) (laughs) So yes, today we're going to be chatting about all things to do with coping with pregnancy at work. So things like from tackling morning sickness, telling your employer that you're pregnant and coping with sheer exhaustion. Or swollen feet and knowing what to wear on your feet. (laughs) (laughs) or the rest of your body to cover the tummy. Before we get into it, if you haven't already, please subscribe on your podcast app to make sure that you don't miss an episode. We release episodes every Thursday. And as we said before, we'd also love you to join us in our Facebook group, The Juggle Community, so that you can come and have a chat to us there and hundreds of other professional women who are also doing the juggle of career and family. So let's start with the terribly named morning sickness. The name is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So whoever pretends that it's limited to mornings, yes, they're just liars. I don't really know what you're talking about. I never really had too much trouble with my... <laughs> I never really did. With my first pregnancy, that was probably the worst. And that was only in that first trimester. And all I needed to do was have a packet of dry crackers, you know, that you would normally love with a really nice piece of soft cheese. I couldn't have that, of course. But instead, I would just have the dry crackers on my desk. And so long as I would just munch on one of those every now and then when I was feeling a bit nauseous, I could cope with it. There was never any vomiting, thankfully. I'm really pleased for you. And yeah. that sounds really sarcastic. <laughs> I am really pleased for you, but also very, very envious. With Lily, I had all day sickness every day. For about six months and it was really really hard this time around I have had morning sickness and it has been limited to the mornings although I feel nauseous most of the time but this time around what I've really been struggling with is fatigue and exhaustion did you at least have that 
Um, no, I did get tired. Yes. You know, and, and it's hard to remember now. I mean, my youngest child's almost four and a half years old. So you do forget, which is the reason why, you know, I went and did it three times, but I always do wonder about those women, friends of mine who were so sick, you know, some of them hospitalized and they would still go back and have another child, but it is for that short period of time in the scheme of things. But yes, I did feel tired. I did have those swollen feet and I would feel uncomfortable especially towards the end of the pregnancies but I do reflect fondly on that first pregnancy I really felt healthy you know after that first trimester of feeling a bit nauseous I felt healthy and probably a bit of that glowing pregnancy thing going on <laughs> look at me I'm just I'm being evil you're one of those people who love pregnancy and you glow I didn't say they were all like that just that particular first one I think because you don't have those other children at home that are running you ragged as well as work so Well, we do have some practical tips about what to do, especially this time around. I have struggled with fatigue and exhaustion and I have really found it hard just to make it through a normal day. And that's hard not only because I like to be doing things, but also because I do sense that other people get frustrated with that and not because they want to be nasty to me, just because, you know, it's been going on for quite a long time. And (laughs) can you be a bit more normal now? (laughs) Are you referring to Jack or work? No, Jack's a superstar. He just gets on with it. He's the least frustrated. He's less frustrated than me. But I just sense it sometimes. I sense it a little bit at at work. Joe and I recorded a podcast or we recorded something for our podcast a couple of weeks ago and we turned on the computer and I was just lying in bed. (laughs) Right, it's going to be one of these then. (laughs) So what can we do about it? I'll give you the morning sickness advice because Joe doesn't know about that one. Just dry crackers, that's it. (laughs) Dry crackers is quite a common one. Other things that people try, ginger is quite a common one and we spoke to fertility expert Gabriella Rosa and that was one of the things, in fact, the only thing that she said would work, wasn't it, for morning sickness, ginger tablets. Other people say drink cold water, drink warm water, eat before you get out of bed, don't eat before you get out of bed. (laughs) So there's lots of different things you can do. To be honest, none of them helped me. Again, Um, like anything, it's going to be trying everything to work out what works for you. Yeah, definitely. So from a more practical perspective, then if we're feeling sick or we are tired and exhausted, what are some of the things we should do? Yeah, well, a lot of it comes down to the fact that most of us are probably still at work whilst we're pregnant because usually by then even if you have another child you've probably gone back to work so if you are at work it really comes down to how you can manage work and that might be changing your working hours it might be deciding to work from home one day or come in later if you need to get over the worst of the nausea in the morning and then come in a bit later it could mean that you cut your hours back for the really sick period or just take some time off. Yeah. And I've done this time around and in fact the first time around all of these things, a combination of them all. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. It really just needs to, I guess, chop and change. And of course it really helps if you've told your employer that you're pregnant. Morning sickness and these kinds of things that we're talking about are often worse in the first trimester, which is traditionally a period when lots of people don't announce their pregnancy. So if you haven't told your employer, it can be hard to get as much flexibility. Yeah. And I was really fortunate that first time around that I had a good friend at work with me and she knew, Mm -hmm. and it was something that, you know, if I was feeling unwell, she kind of covered for me and people wouldn't notice so much if I wasn't contributing as much. Yeah, that's good too. Definitely. 
other practical things, keeping snacks at work. Joe can keep her dry crackers yes. and I'll keep anything and everything else that will help. And like you mentioned, arranging for people to back you up on work for work that you just can't do. And think about outside of work, what are the things that you can cut back on? You know, you might have volunteer organisations that you're part of. There might be a sporting group that you're part of. You know, what are the things that you're doing outside of your work hours that are also sapping your energy that you can instead take a rest so that you are more able when it comes to the working day? And make sure that your partner picks up on some of the things that you might have done previously. Maybe you need to reconsider the allocation of the household chores. Yes, exactly. I realized the other day, this makes me sound like a spoiled brat, but let's, I'll just be honest. I realized the other day that I can't tell you the last time I did any washing up in the kitchen and Jack's about to go away for a holiday for an Ironman triathlon. And I realized that I'm going to have to do my own washing up. That hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Lily will be able to pick up and help out, right? She's too. (laughs) She can make a splash. (laughs) But definitely getting your partner to help out and do some of the things you would otherwise have done is really, really important too. Or go back to our episode on outsourcing and think about what of those things that you normally do around the house that you can kind of offload or just say no to, as we always like to remind people and ourselves. Now, a question for resident employment lawyer. Love having you on hand. (laughs) When we're taking leave for pregnancy-related illness, are we required to take annual leave or can we take sick leave? It's one of those weird things because pregnancy is not an illness or an injury, which is technically what your legal entitlement to sick leave is for. However, the legislation doesn't deal with it in terms of whether or not you can take sick leave, but the Fair Work Commission states on its website that you can take sick leave for pregnancy-related illnesses. And any employer who didn't would probably just be frowned upon, didn't allow you to take sick leave, would probably be frowned upon so much that, you know, it's not worth their while. Yeah, pregnancy isn't an illness, but I definitely feel ill when I'm dealing with the stuff that comes along with it exactly and I think that's kind of where they take it from Mm -hmm. so you can take sick leave or you can take annual leave either option is is open to you there's also this thing called unpaid special maternity leave and that applies if you've got a really serious pregnancy related illness for example those women who are unfortunate enough to have to be hospitalized you might not have enough leave so rather than just being on unpaid leave it provides you an opportunity to take unpaid special maternity leave and that's important because then it doesn't impact on your continuous service with your employer which means there's no break in service which could potentially lead to a termination of of your employment good to know yeah now we touched before on telling your employer that you're pregnant so let's talk some more about that what did you do well both times around I told my boss Michael straight away the first time around I actually told him before I told a lot of my family because (laughs) I saw him obviously at work every day and he knew something was going on so I went and had a chat and the second time around I did my pregnancy test on the weekend and I was actually really excited to tell him and I I waited till Monday but I considered maybe calling him (laughs) (laughs) because he'd known for quite a while that we'd wanted to have another baby and I knew he'd be really excited for me so both times around I told my boss straight away and I told my colleagues a couple I didn't wait the traditional 12 weeks I told them a little bit later I can't hide it I'm so unwell that people know something <laughs> is going on I was eating some vinegar crisps in, at my desk at nine o'clock and I don't normally eat like that so you know there's no hiding it when you're me right <laughs> first time I waited to 20 weeks before I told anyone at work well before I told management at work I should say and I think 
part of that was a little bit of insecurity around what it was going to mean to me at work being pregnant. Although I really wanted to have the baby and it was planned, I was still feeling a sense of how is this going to impact on my career? So I was kind of putting it off. Which is really common. And I think probably the most common reason why people don't tell their employers sooner. That's right. I think so too. And it was fine. And eventually you do have to tell them because there are some legal requirements around that as well. And there's also the fact that you're going to, you're going to have a baby belly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It will get obvious at some point. So yeah, I did. But the others, I don't remember. It was after the three month mark, just because I wanted to have all of that security around knowing Mm -hmm. that the pregnancy was safe and good, but I didn't wait as long. So when do we have to tell our employers? The Fair Work Act requires us to tell, not so much to tell them that we're pregnant, but we have to give them 10 weeks notice before we want to take leave. So you actually have to say, I want to take parental leave and you need to tell them that you want to do that 10 weeks before the day that you want to start. So for example, if you're planning to take leave from 36 weeks pregnant, which seems to be pretty common, then you need to tell your employer at the latest by the time you are 26 weeks pregnant. Hmm. And then you have to confirm the dates with them as well about four weeks before you start the leave. Do you think many people wait that long to tell their employers? The funny thing about it is that most people, when they tell their employer, don't say, I want to take parental leave. Most people are like, I'm pregnant. And they're not actually giving out dates. Some employers will turn around and say, oh, okay, well, when are you due? But even them, they're just kind of excited for you, happy, asking questions. And no one's really thinking about the logistics unless they've experienced. You're right. I still haven't had a conversation about when I might take leave and how long I think I might take. Yeah. So make sure you give him your 10 weeks notice. <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny because people have to tell at some point, but as we said, everyone makes their own decisions. And we just heard from um, Heather in our episode with Katrina and Heather of Cullen McLeod that she told her employer before she got pregnant. So it's so interesting, different working environments. And clearly you have a great relationship with your boss that you felt really comfortable to tell him in the early days. Other people don't have perhaps as personal a connection and they don't want to say something that is so personal. Mm. Whenever you do choose to share the news though, I think it's really helpful. And as Katrina and Heather, I think mentioned in that episode, the more time we can give the employer, the more time everybody has to work together to come up with a plan for how they're going to manage the pregnancy if you're unwell and then the time off when you want when you want to take time off for parental leave in my case what we did was we've sat down and we've worked out well these are the things that I want to achieve before the baby comes really and that's meant that a lot of pressure has been taken off of me because I know what I need to do so now it's just me working out when and how I can do that and if it means that I don't give as much energy to work this week as I might normally do because I'm not feeling very well it doesn't matter because I know I've got time coming up and these are the things I need to achieve Mm -hmm. so that has been really helpful for me especially being so unwell that I can just manage my time and manage what I need to do. That's great it's a really nice way to look at it that view of what do I need to get done as opposed to I need to be in there every week between this time and this time. Mm. The other really important reason for telling your employer is so that things can be made safe for you. So that is something that I've had to speak to employers about in the past. You know, there are concerns around whether or not a woman can continue to do her work if she is pregnant. And this is a, a bit of a debate that pops up even in the media sometimes. There was a few cases 
in this century, back in 2001, there was a big hoo-ha about Netball Australia banning pregnant women from playing games in competition. They had to change that because it was found to be discriminatory. And the interesting thing about it was that Netball Australia was doing it to limit its risks because they were concerned that a pregnant player would play, have an injury, the baby would be harmed, and then Netball Australia was at risk of a legal claim. So that's why they were doing it. But the discrimination legislation found that, you know, you can't just ban someone from playing because you're worried about your legal risks. And the same thing happened with Cricket Australia a couple of years ago. They wanted to have people disclosing whether or not they were pregnant on their contracts. And to agree. For the same reason? Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, that I guess their idea was that if they know about the pregnancy, then they can put things in place. But I, I you know, you have to ask yourself, well, what's going to be different? Are you going to say that you can't bat during a game or are you going to, you know, we don't want people throwing balls at you because you're pregnant. I don't know what they would do. Yeah. But there are some workplaces where there are, I mean, I guess it, to some extent those are genuine safety concerns, but there are others where there are safety concerns that would require somebody's duties to be changed if they were pregnant. Yeah, exactly. So as we all know, when you're pregnant, your body changes and you might feel ill, your shape changes, your center of gravity changes, your muscles weaken, your body's loosening, loosening up to make way for this baby, all these fantastic changes <laughs> that occur to our bodies. And it can have real impact and it can mean things like, as we said earlier, just general fatigue. And so some of the duties that we would normally do might be physical movements of lifting things. It might be aeroplane travel. You know, you can't fly after so many weeks pregnant or you might have more blood clotting problems or different things that can be impacted. You might work with hazardous chemicals. So that's not really good for you or for the baby as well. So there is definitely a lot of things that you can do around work that you probably shouldn't do if you're pregnant. So what is the employer's responsibility in terms of providing us with other work? If say I work with hazardous chemicals and that's obviously not safe and I don't want to be doing that while I'm pregnant, do I have to leave my job? Are they required to give me other work? How does that work? The starting point is just the fact that you as an employee and they as an employer have a right to make sure that you've got a safe place of work and that you as an employee and looking after your own safety as well. You know, you can't just put it all back on the employer. So I think in that instance, I think it really is important to tell your employer if you are working in some sort of environment that is potentially not safe to you because you are putting yourself at risk and potentially your child as well. So I really recommend that you give good consideration to telling employers rather than just saying, oh, no, I don't want to tell them. And then what happens is that if there are issues, for example, an easy one is like lifting, then they have to make you know reasonable adjustments to your job to enable you to continue to perform the work in a, in a safe way, like you would with any kind of safety issue at work. And then if it's a case that they can't make the job safe, then they need to look at moving you to another job. And if they do move you to another job, you still get paid the same. So a typical one is people working like in the mining or um, oil and gas industries Mm -hmm. and, you know, they might have to fly offshore and then they can't do that after a certain period of time. So then they have to be onshore work and that usually attracts a lower salary, but they have to continue to pay at the higher salary. That's good to know. Yeah, there can be agreed changes to hours of work though, and that would obviously impact on salary. Mm-hmm. And then if there's no safe job, then what happens is the employer has to give you safe job leave. 
So this is another version of leave from work. Do you get paid for safe job leave or no safe job leave? <laughs> oh, this is confusing. <laughs> it is. I know. It's special maternity leave, safe job leave. There's so many. Um, you will get paid if you're entitled to unpaid parental leave. So if you have been there for over 12 months yeah. and you have that entitlement to unpaid parental leave, then you will get paid while you're on no safe job leave. That's good. Yeah. Hmm. Great. So that's all quite full on and, you know, Legalistic. Legal yeah. and technical. Yeah. <laughs> but good to know. Good to know. Another of the things that I'm dealing with at the moment is growing and changing body shape. Not so much. I don't really care so much about getting bigger. It's more about the fact of finding clothes that are appropriate to wear at work. That's really hard. Yeah, we had a big conversation in the Facebook group about that a while yeah. ago. I remember people talking about where they find their work clothes and having capsule wardrobes and things like that. I was fortunate, I think, in that when I was pregnant, I pretty much only ever developed a pregnancy belly. I was one of those women who, you know, you'd say, I can't tell you're pregnant from behind. So that made it quite easy for me. And definitely that first time around, I was still wearing most of my normal clothes until at least halfway through the pregnancy. Yeah, And because I only had another four and a half months to go after that, I thought to myself, well, I don't want to spend a lot of money buying clothes that I'm only going to wear for four and a half months. So I only bought a few key pieces. And then of course I had baby two and baby three. And I thought, why didn't I buy more clothes the first time (laughs) around that I could have actually used because I would have used them for baby two and baby three. Yeah, it's true. But I think finding maternity clothes and especially finding nice ones is easier said than done yeah I struggle with it most of the decent stuff is online and it is quite hard to buy clothes online for a body and a shape that you're not used to you can't try them on so it's not easy at the moment and you know this joe I'm wearing some I'm pretty sure they're tracksuit trousers from H&M maternity (laughs) section for work this is they look all right don't they Oh, they look great. Yeah. (laughs) But they are the only trousers I've got for work that work at the moment. And I am finding it quite hard to find others. And I'm not super fussy. When I was pregnant with Lily, like you, Joe, I could wear my normal clothes until at least halfway or maybe Mm. more. Whereas this time it was like, I don't know, six weeks or something. I felt like my trousers were too tight. (laughs) That's those muscles (laughs) there. Too much like sugar or chocolate. Maybe it's that as well. It's just your muscles are like, we know what's happening here. We're just going to bust right on out. (laughs) So finding appropriate clothes to wear is, it's quite hard, but also for a lot of women, they also do struggle with the changing body shape from the other perspective in terms of feeling uncomfortable or unfamiliar with how they look and people struggle with that too. Yeah, it's um, body image and adjusting to our bodies changing in a way that we're not having any control over and actually just feeling a life growing inside you. I remember having more than one conversation with my husband where like, it's so weird, you know, there's Mm -hmm. this thing alive inside of you and you can think about it that way, but more often you have to remind yourself that it's absolutely amazing and an incredible experience to have. I saw a meme somewhere on social media and it was a wife saying to her husband that you can't argue with me because I have two brains. (laughs) That is gold. I have to keep using that one and a half. I've been like, I've got four eyes and you've only got two. (laughs) That is so much better than um, I've got baby brain and I can't think at all. That's an interesting point though, because I hate the idea or the perception that when women are pregnant, that they become useless and that baby brain takes over and that they can't 
do things. I don't like that. That bothers me. But at the same time, I don't like pretending Mm. that it's easy either. Yes. It doesn't mean I'm incapable, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that I can just get on with life as I did before. Yeah. Well, there is so much happening to your body. Even in that first trimester, I mean, that's when so much happens. And it's really frustrating because, as you said, people can't see it. Mm. And you look the same as you always looked, other than maybe looking a little bit ill. But there's so much going on. And your body is working so hard to create this new life. Obviously, it's going to be more tired than normal. Mm. And it is hard when you're dealing with, so when with me, for example, when I am really quite unwell, trying to explain that to people who either haven't been pregnant or didn't feel the same way during their pregnancy, because for a lot of people, until you experience it, you don't get it and you can't get it. And so in that sense, it's really quite lonely. Yeah, so true. Mm. Well, I hope that has helped some of you out there who are coping with pregnancy at the moment um, or who are perhaps planning your next pregnancy. I'm sure that we will have some more pregnancy-related tips or conversations as I go along the journey again. But let us know in the comments or in the Facebook group or send us an email at hello at thejuggle.com.au and let us know what kinds of pregnancy-related topics you would like us to talk about. And don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast app so that you don't miss any of our episodes. And of course, join us in our Facebook group so that you can have a more direct conversation with us and also with the hundreds of other women who are in there doing the same juggle. See you next week. Happy juggling. Bye. Bye.